0: Everyone, better late than never. It's a new Blackhawks Crazy podcast with your Blackhawks pre and post game host. That's me, Chris Bowden, and our Chelsea blogger, NHL dot com Blackhawks correspondent Scott King, coming to you after uh thir- yeah Thursday night's game. The days are running together. Thursday night's game against the Philadelphia Flyers, a disappointing three one loss to Philly. Really, a disappointing two game homestand after a whole lot of hope following. A sweep of the two-game original six road trip to Toronto and Montreal last week. You come home uh, against a team below you in the standings. You only get one point. You really have to scramble to get that Monday against Vancouver, and then this three-one loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, after all that excitement from uh, the way things stood after that Maple Leafs Canadian sweep, this is this is kind of a letdown, kind of a kind of a disappointment. But I think the thing everyone has to kind of hold together through all this is. The Western Conference, uh, the glass-half-full look at this is that even despite all this, the Blackhawks are still four points out of the second wild card, which now belongs to Colorado heading into this uh, this home-and-home home weekend series.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a bummer they couldn't pull it out tonight. You had uh, the Avalanche, aren't the Avalanche, sorry, the uh, Coyotes doing them a favor and losing tonight. Um, so it could have been within two there, even in, uh, within two of uh, Colorado. I should say, and they get a shot at Colorado this weekend, two games. So you know, and they have a game in hand. I think on all the teams in the West now. So uh, yeah, it's still, you know, still the Wild West. You don't want to see them drop these two games, but they're not, they're not going to win all of them. There's still a chance.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably imperative to um, look for three points. I don't know if a split is... uh, The split's not going to kill you at this point, and a lot depends on what some of the other teams do. Now, Arizona's 0-2-1 over there. Our last three, they have to continue a road trip to New Jersey and then the Islanders before they take on the Blackhawks Tuesday night in the desert. Minnesota is still ahead of the Blackhawks at 77 points, but they play Washington on Friday night at Washington, so that'll certainly be a test for the Wild. But... Hats off to the Colorado team that the Blackhawks are going to face. They've been without Gabriel Landeskog for five games. They go in and have a real gutsy three-one victory at Dallas. You know the Stars are another team that needs the points too because they sit in that first wild card position. Although they're still four points clear at eighty-two points, but the way this Western Conference is going. I, to to look into some kind of crystal ball and to think you have it all figured out, I I don't know if we're going to even have that heading into the final weekend at this point because I, I think it's still very much going to be up for grabs. The question locally here is whether the Blackhawks can can you know stretch this thing out to be a part of it heading into that last weekend because this coming weekend certainly looms large. Okay.
1: It's like all these teams, either in the wild card or around the wild card, have just been bouncing back and forth for like what a month and a half. You want this? No, I'll take it. No, you. Uh, have no, it. No, no. After you, after you, I insist. Uh, Too polite. It makes you. Yeah, some of them are Canadian, right? No, um, you know, it, it, it's uh, it, it makes you wonder. Are, are a lot of these teams similar? Like, why the why the constant back and forth kind of overall big picture? Is it, are they similar to Blackhawks, where they're getting goaltending, they're getting. Good scoring a lot of the time and, and just bad defense. Or you know, I think you could say that the Colorado they got some one of the best lines in in hockey. They have great offense, uh, maybe the defense isn't as stellar.
0: Up and down, they all have their blemishes, yeah. you know, and and that's why I think we're we're seeing the situation in, uh, that all these teams find themselves in right now. And for the Blackhawks, it's especially curious because they 've held the goals against down here lately, which is they were outscoring opponents during that that, that huge run from mid late January over the course of about five or six weeks now, ever since that first period in Toronto when they took that four nothing lead, the Blackhawks have scored all of six goals over the last eleven periods through this game against Philadelphia. They've been keeping the goals against down. That's not to say they've been particularly... There's still some times when they're definitely loose in the neutral zone and in their own and giving up quality chances. And because of the way Corey Crawford is playing, I think they have to be thankful for that, keeping them in these games. But they just haven't been able to get over the hump. And this is just another head-scratcher where just when you think you have things figured out for an individual team, in this case the Blackhawks, the opposite then happens for some kind of stretch. And you're not going to be sure what happens. You know, Jeremy Colleton put Patrick Kane together once again with Jonathan Taves after, you know, a week or ten days separated. Dylan Secura was playing well. But for all that Patrick Kane did and put this team on his shoulders, along with a couple other guys and Taves and Debrinket, that's now drying up a little bit. And when you look at the production... Over the last seven games, the Hawks have scored 23 goals, and only five of them have come from DeBrinkett, Taves, or Kane. Before these two home games, that was a good thing because you were try- finally starting to find some some depth scoring and some balance scoring. The D-men jumping in in the offense as well, but when the rest of that dries out along with the stars, I think that's the situation the Blackhawks find themselves in, and now they have to find just you know a a way to get one final push nine game push here over these last two weeks but you just don't know you know whether these guys are, are gassed or not. Even though Patrick Kane has two goals and eight points over his last eleven games, he still has sixty-three points over his last thirty-seven. So it's ridiculous to, to point fingers, you know, and, and try and find fault with with some of these guys for unfortunately falling back because it was inevitable. Unless your name is Nikita Kucherov, it was inevitable. And you know, now the Blackhawks, especially with the power play too, too drying up a bit over the last nine games, one for twenty-one now after Thursday night. They're just going to have to find ways to score goals, and you know you know what the old cliche is going to be that we hear uh, from the players and the coaches what they need to do here in order to try to find ways to reignite their offense.
1: Yeah. Well, First of all, that's like negative points for Kane, the season he's having uh, over 100 points now. Yeah. They're going to need two things to happen if they're going to get into the playoffs. They need the stars to score. Like you were mentioning, um, these guys have been you know, lightning in a bottle for, for big stretches this season. They have to find it again, whether it's confidence, whatever they can do to spark their consistency. I, I like putting that line together with with Kane, Taves, and Sakura because, like you said, Sakura's playing really well. It looks like every night it looks like he's finally going to score his first NHL goal and it just doesn't something. A lot of times he's not lifting it and it hits a pad. It's just, it's just not happening. And the uh, second thing they got to do is, and Jeremy Colleton spoke about this after the game, they got to get the power play going. And he thinks the way to do that is to get guys in front of that. net. I think it goes beyond the power play, too. In five-on-five, five, you just got to get guys in front, um, get a deflection, uh, get a greasy goal, Somehow, but they they got to find a way to just you know work inside of just cycling and passing around the perimeter.
0: Well, as long as you mentioned, let's hear from Jeremy Colleton after uh, Thursday night's game. About a four-minute press conference or so here, and and the thing I like about Jeremy, he he may not come up with a clever quote or you know the ones that are you know going to make uh, the evening news or, or anything like that, but he is very matter of matter of fact in. What this team, what this team is, where it's at right now, what they need to do, and he kind of pretty much spells it all out for everybody without getting into too great a detail with how he deals with it from a team standpoint. But I think it's fairly obvious, and, and he kind of states the obvious here and uh, isn't necessarily hiding anything. So uh, let's hear from from Jeremy after this three to one loss to Philadelphia as they get set to take on. Colorado, Saturday in Denver and back here at the United Center on Sunday. Given the situation, how, how,
2: how disappointed and frustrated are right? you? Um, I probably don't look at it like that. Probably look at it like uh, I think we played pretty hard tonight. We could have managed the puck better. Um, I think they got a lot of their offense off of our turnovers, being careless with it, trying to do too much when they had five guys in the neutral zone think when we uh, put pucks in behind them uh, got a little forecheck going we were much better and and created more than enough really liked our second period we didn't give up much the last two periods but uh, would have liked us to just be have our performance be a little more even over the 60 minutes, and probably that would have been enough to win. Goaltender was really good for them. Our uh, goalie made some big saves. So I don't really, I think we have to continue to evaluate the performance. the performance is good, we'll get our points. Um, obviously, I'm aware of the standings and I'm aware we need points, but uh, it's how we play that matters. So that's where we're at. Power plays get hot and they get cold. Mm-hmm. How, how critical is it to get it hot again in the short amount of time you got? That yeah, would help. It would help tonight. You know, we didn't get much on either power play. We didn't, uh, couldn't, didn't make any plays again. And uh, you got to make some plays to score. We got one more guy than them, so um, we'd like to see us be a little cleaner with it. We'd like to see us uh, break the pressure. A little bit better, a little bit easier, and then that'll create um, some some more looks for ourselves. But uh, I think we, when we do have clean possession, we're not doing enough with it, and uh, kind of let them pressure us into a clear. And uh, we got to sort that out. Do
0: you feel like too many of the shots were from the perimeter; there weren't like
2: second opportunities to clean it up. Um, yeah, we could. I could. I think we. That's somewhere we can be better: is is having someone at the net more often, finding some dirtier goals um we had some rebound chances tonight we just didn't put them in and uh their goalie did a good job he held on to some of those pucks and kicked them away on us a few times you know i, I think it wasn't a bad performance i think on other nights we we win that game but uh where we'd like to get to is even when you don't get the breaks when the puck doesn't go in for it, you still find a way to win and so in that way we were fell short
1: when you're facing hot goal, does it do something to your offense? Like you trying different kind of shots, or like
2: getting—is there a frustration you can feel? Um, I don't think so. Probably only once they got the lead did did I sense um, frustration with us not scoring. I think we were in control of the game, and then uh, you know it's in the back of our net. That's we gotta manage the puck better. That's that's how they got their their opportunities, even. the – the, the first goal they scored it was off a change um, where they they catch us on a quick up and then we don't sort the the entry but um, you know thirty seconds later earlier we turn the puck over and that's where that, that all started so if we manage the puck better they probably don't get much at all so what do you think about that whistle after Sanheim took the puck in the face late in the game there Did you think that was quick uh, I don't know he let it play for a bit it's unfortunate for us I'm not sure how long he let it play uh, if we score they'd probably feel hard done by guess it depends how hurt he was your team been pretty resilient all year how confident are you that you're you know bounce back here with these three huge games coming up yeah i feel we we will um we're right in there it's kind of how it is we uh people think we're out and we'll find a way to climb back in and uh that's good that's good that we've shown that resilience for sure um We'd like to take that next step.
0: Jeremy Collinson, the head coach, and man, this has been a learning experience for everyone involved since he took over this job from Joel Quenville, who we'll get to in a little bit here, uh, since he took over in early November for Joel Quenville. He remains above 500 overall. Um, just from a win-loss standpoint, you, you know, you, there's the shootout and overtime losses. 26-25-7, Jeremy Colliton's record right now, which I think says a lot for the way this team has progressed. But for the here and now, all you're concerned about is getting into this playoff picture. And another kind of mystery and head-scratcher about this inability to get offense going is because in Monday night's game against Vancouver, you had... Thatcher Demko, who I believe was playing in his sixth or seventh NHL game, and he comes up with all the necessary uh, saves – and this is a Vancouver team that the Blackhawks have had trouble figuring out over the course of the last couple of seasons. They, they, they play a hard game, and the Blackhawks still haven't been able to solve them. The only win that they've had against them was the overtime victory here in the first meeting at the United Center earlier. Other than that, they have lost every game against Vancouver the last two seasons. And then Carter Hart. And I was really curious to see what this kid was like. 20 years old. He was elevated in, in mid-December. And... Philadelphia's been dying for a goaltender for so long. They've gone through eight this season, including Carter Hart. And I was really curious to see what this kid is is like, whether they brought him up too early. But, man, he was really composed. The Blackhawks certainly could have made life a whole lot more difficult for him. But when he needed to make saves, uh, I was really impressed by this kid. And I think there's, there's a reason for the Flyers to be pretty excited about what they have in the future. Yes, city of brotherly love with all your hater fans. Uh, th- this kid's showing something so far, so uh, I think they should be pretty excited about him.
1: Yeah, talk about the goal issues they were having. They're carrying three on this trip. Right. I mean, carried three for a while, uh, uh, scratching one of them. He made 40 saves, and... You talk about the Hawks needing to make it more difficult on him. I think it was Kruger and maybe was it was a Camp when they were shorthanded. They they did make it very difficult for him. I'm not sure what else they 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 could have done to the score there in the Flyers zone. Some really nice plays to keep it in and to get some quality shots off on him. Yeah, just and even outside of that, I thought the Hawks had a good pace and and uh, really started the game strong in the first period. Got a lot at the net, and then just kind of uh, whether it was possession, whether it was um, not getting the puck through the neutral zone when the Flyers had five guys there, uh, it just kind of fizzled out as the game went on, I thought.
0: Yeah, and and during that first period, it was a relatively strong first period. Troy and I were talking about this during that intermission. It was a strong first period for the Hawks. They were still out, out shots 16 to 14. There would be these these flurries of four or five shots two or three times during the course of the period where they would just have these breakdowns and couldn't get the puck out of their zone. And Corey Crawford, you know, as we toss bouquets at the other end of the ice to a 20-year-old kid, you know, thank goodness Corey Crawford is, is back in the mode that he is in, because that's, that's really encouraging to see, and he has had to come up with some... Save, it, it. It almost didn't seem like that difficult a night for Corey Crawford, but then he'd have these sequences of four or five shots over the course of a minute or two where he'd have to stand on his head before the Blackhawks could, could regain control of the puck and, and spend really in the second period a majority of the time down in the Philadelphia end
1: of the Well, it seems that way because he made 48 saves the other yeah. night, 25 tonight, but there they they were a lot of them were some, some great saves. And, you know, just allowing two goals were... I, I, I have to look at him I think you know, uh, one was the empty net. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, he allowed two goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was I,
0: screened on that game winner by Van Riemsdyk.
1: I don't think he had much of a chance on the uh, two, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one, you know, some some traffic and scrambliness involved for the Blackhawks down their own end, leading to that first goal for Philadelphia. And now the interesting thing comes. You mentioned that the Blackhawks have had a game in hand; they continue to for most of their Western Conference opponents. But now they do not have consecutive days off the rest of the way. They are playing games at least every other day. They have the back-to-back against Colorado this weekend. Uh, They'll have a back-to-back, I believe, to close the regular season out. So these final nine games come fast and furious. There's a lot of pain in the you-know-what travel involved, too, because this, this series where they go to Colorado for Saturday come back home Sunday and then have to go back out west for the Arizona San Jose Los Angeles trip they're going to be tested but the, the you know it, it is what it is for most of the season other teams held games in hand on the Blackhawks. Now that's kind of reversed itself to the point where it's only won in the Blackhawks' favor. But now we're down to single digits, and they really have to take advantage of this right now.
1: Well, they've had these games the last little while where they need points every night. So you've had guys after every game saying it's like the playoffs and at the morning skates. And after Thursday's game, Dylan Strom said the th- same thing. Well, now not having uh, consecutive days off, you know, going every other day. Uh, really is going to be a lot more like the playoffs. Yeah. And when you when you have those games where you play every other day, I remember Kane and I think some other guys saying that that's, that's when they think they play the best. Because, you know, you're getting right back into it. You're getting a little rest, getting right back into it.
0: Well, we'll find out. We'll certainly find out with uh, what's coming up over the course of the next couple weeks. Some encouraging news in that, you know, we were talking about how well Corey Crawford's been playing. Drake Kajula's been out about three weeks or so. He finally returned to the ice from his concussion protocol, rejoined the team for the first time at the morning skate on Thursday. I wouldn't anticipate him coming back this weekend, but perhaps sometime next week if things progress, continue to progress. They want to take it slow. Uh, he said as much afterwards that they have to be real careful in this situation. But uh, in terms of getting a shot in the arm from a personnel standpoint, perhaps Drake can provide that. You know, I don't know if it would be as early as the Tuesday game against Arizona, but that's certainly an element um, that an underappreciated element of what he brought to the table once he was acquired from Edmonton, and especially during that long run when he was on that line with Taves and Kane as well. A couple other things we'll we'll bring up. We'll we'll do a fairly brief podcast here. Um, It was announced early, early on Thursday morning. It became official that the Blackhawks are going to open... The regular season, 2019-2020 season in Prague, Czech Republic, on October 4th, against these Philadelphia Flyers. And I guess the good news is the Blackhawks don't have to play in Philadelphia next season. This is the home game that the Flyers will give up because the Blackhawks haven't won in Philadelphia, save for Game 6 in 2010, (laughs) since 1996. So maybe if they go into the native countries of David Kampf and... Dominic Cahoon and Jakub Voracek and Radko Gudis. Maybe this will play out a little bit differently. Uh, Cahoon, by the way, native Czech, but then moved to Germany uh, when he was real young. And he's a a German citizen. Helped them win the uh, Olympic silver medal. Uh, And uh, he was really excited about the opportunity to go go back there and play the exhibition game on September 29th in Berlin against a German club. And he was joking with me... um, Uh, Thursday morning that he's not sure how well he's going to be well received in Berlin because last year he played for Munich in the German League and they played against Berlin in the in the uh, league final best of seven and his team from Munich beat the team from Berlin in Game Seven. So he's not sure how how uh, welcome he's going to feel in Berlin, but he's still real excited to go back there. And uh, good for those guys. But uh, so yeah, put your letter in NHL.com, Scott, so uh, you can do a little a little world travel next September.
1: October. Don't need to. We're getting the WGN private jet. Oh, we are. are <laughs> yes, we? <laughs> we are live podcast debut. First, I heard that uh, translated following the uh, recording.
0: You got got that confirmed from Todd Manley and Marlene Wells?
1: It's kind of just, you know, do as you please. Just let us know when you go. Type deal I have.
0: (laughs) Well, hey, maybe if the morning show goes, uh, you can squeeze a couple more people onto that flight. You know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, for Blackhawks fans, I think... I think the tickets for those games go on sale next Wednesday. Uh, you can find out more information on blackhawks dot com backslash global series so that's something that'll be the first time in a decade that the Blackhawks will be playing overseas. They played in Finland I want to say to start the two thousand nine two thousand and ten season and hey that was that was a way to start a pretty good pretty good season that as we come full circle and talk about the Philadelphia Flyers and the Stanley Cup final. One other thing we want to bring up was for the first time. Joel Quenville uh, spoke with a media member last weekend. He was actually coaching a charity event with a bunch of Blackhawk alumni players and uh, a TV crew from Channel 9. Dan Rohn uh, was able to catch up with him. It was a brief interview, but I think it was, uh, it was good to hear from Joel. And you don't know what a guy is feeling internally, but... I, I Joel, the way he expressed himself in terms of his gratitude to both the city of Chicago and the Blackhawks organization, yes, it's it's never pretty in any instance when you get fired from a team, but in this instance, he seems to be grasping hold of three Stanley Cups together and... Uh, was very gracious uh at least publicly in his comments with Dan Roan of Channel Nine and to uh all the Blackhawks fans the city of Chicago for his time here and When he was asked about how long you know he 's going to be sitting uh sitting out and and uh how long he 'll be out of coaching business he didn 't make it sound like it 's going to be too long he think, uh, he made it certainly sound like uh Okay, this season is enough, and we'll see what transpires in the offseason. But Joe's always coy like that. But it was good to hear from him. Um you know Dan went there on a flyer, kind of rolled the dice, and Joel agreed to talk to him so uh good to hear from Joel and uh his usual uh very very gracious self too
1: yeah, I thought Joel handled it with a lot of class, as you would expect. I thought Dan asked all the questions you'd want to ask, and you know you're not going to get the most candid responses. He hasn't talked yet to to anyone, and he's at a charity event, but um you know he answered everything I, I thought one of the interesting things I took away from it is he. You know, yeah, he's not going to say exactly what went down with his firing with the Hawks, but he did make it sound like when he got fired from other teams, it was worse with the other teams. So because uh,
0: it wasn't accomplished with those teams,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, because there's some stuff left on the table. Maybe the uh, there's bad blood with the other teams, not so much here.
0: And what I really love is one of Dan's questions was about the guys he was familiar with, keeping an eye on him, kind of perhaps rooting. I don't know, if rooting for him. But he went right down the line with with all the all the nicknames. Taser, Caner, Dunks, Seves, Crow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was classic Joel. We hadn't heard that in a while. So uh so it was refreshing even though Jeremy does a good job of uh of uh he
1: uses some nicknames. Uses nicknames. Them. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So here we are. Uh Thursday night the first night of March Madness is complete. How many brackets do you have filled out and um who you like?
1: Uh, didn't even bother. Uh, I, <laughs> that's that's two, do, that's I, two of us. Are you really? Yeah, I, I usually do, do get one off, but uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy week. My my daughter was sick and was trying, and uh, I've been I've been watching her, trying to get her up to speed and uh, getting ready for this game.
0: So I didn't do any. I don't I don't know. I mean, doesn't everyone just like do? Isn't it, like every every other year? Everyone likes Duke, I suppose. I suppose, and like when I would fill out brackets, more. I don't. This may be the second straight year I haven't fi- been a part of any kind of pool or yeah. filled out any brackets. You know, I was always put my trust in Michigan State, and then <laughs> Sparty oh, Sparty yeah. would get knocked out in like round two or round three. Close today in round one. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't had much luck. I think I had a. I got hooked on it back in 1985. I was involved in in a bracket pool where I think it was just uh, just a draw. And I got Villanova in 1985, and that's when they that's when they took it all the way to the championship and upset Georgetown wow. in that 1985. So I became addicted for a little bit, and then over recent years, all I've done is so
1: how close was your bracket though when you when you got that?
0: I think that was just drawing drawing winners. You had like a oh, handful okay. handful of teams that we would uh, draw out of the hat, yeah. and then by the process of elimination. I was stuck with Villanova, there you go, and uh, Harold Jensen hitting those threes <laughs> against the Hoyas uh, i was I was a happy man right there, uh, so the daughter is good. This is why we didn 't do a podcast on on Monday. Yes, you sorry. You took a sick day because your daughter 's sick day, but it was a little scary there where you had to you had to check her in for a while right
1: yes we uh, well first, there was a family. St. Patrick's Day party, my wife's cousin, through. Very fun. But we got there, and my daughter, who usually loves to see and run around with her little cousins, just laid on the couch the whole time and fell asleep. So, you know. Not she, a good sign. Yeah, I know. Not a good sign, but to me, I thought it was a good sign because she never sleeps. I'm like, oh, she's just <laughs> catching a rest, some shut eye here at this party. And uh, That's dad's
0: intuition, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, right. I got it. Still got it. And uh, then she woke up and, uh, you know, went to sleep kind of as soon as we got home. And then the next day, no, I'm sorry, that night, uh threw up. She's never thrown up before. She's three and a half. She was freaking out. She didn't know what was happening. Felt so terrible for her. She was so cute with uh, vomit all over. And uh, and then did you tweet out any pictures of that or no? No, my wife wouldn't let me. I hadn't ready to go. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we took her to the doctor next morning and um, so I was able to do the morning skate Uh, preview from home thanks to tracy myers help and then i you know the doctor said just keep her hydrated she'll be fine and then i was uh showered got dressed ready to come to the game you know enjoy the game do a do a stellar podcast and uh no go she was taking a nap uh during her nap and after had the other symptoms that were not pretty so and we thought she was probably still a little dehydrated too so my wife took her to the hospital and i watched my son ready to go to the hospital if i had to go
0: Poor kid. Glad she's all better now, she's, though. Uh, pretty much all better. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks you for your makes. And you are making her go to school on Friday finally this week. Right,
1: so. Yes. Okay. Yes. She's she misses her friends and she needs to get them all sick.
0: She wanted to take it off to watch Day Two of March Madness, but you yeah. wouldn't let her. I know that. Yeah. And uh, me, I'm in a uh, I'm not, I'm in a stretch now of four games in four days because Blackhawks Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and and. And Friday night, we're going to take another swing at the old State High School Hockey Championship here oh, at the United man. Center. So was that
1: a year ago?
0: That was a year ago when I had no voice in, like my, in my ago. debut. So I had absolutely no voice. Oh, man. And uh, I felt... I felt terrible, but I felt even more terrible for people who may have been watching a recording and, and, and saving this golden moment for uh, their family treasures as their kids skate on the United Center Ice at a state championship game, and they got this lame announcer who you can't even hear because he is sick. So, so far, so good. Uh, I, all I have to do is, as we tape here, survive less than 24 more hours, and we'll be good. Should have a lot of fun with Patrick Sharp. Really looking forward oh, to it. Lo- Sharp's doing it. Yeah. Patrick wow. Sharp's doing it, and uh, so we'll have some fun. Layla Rahimi will be glad to be working with her once again uh, on the, uh, between, between the benches and working Very the nice. crowd, too. So really looking forward to it. Loyola Gold, last year's champ, has 12 players back from last season, and they're going to take on the perennial powerhouse in Nutria Green, which is back in the championship game after, a year ago, their earliest exit as, uh, that anyone can remember. They got knocked out in the quarterfinals of the state tournament a year ago, so... It was Stevenson that matched up against Loyola Gold last year. That was a great game. Loyola Gold scored a couple in the third period to win it 4-2. to These teams have played five previous times. won. Nutria Green has won three of the previous five. Loyola won the last one. So this is going to be real exciting and uh, I hope to put on a a better contribution to the to the broadcast than okay, I did a year ago. This is this is Friday night. Friday this night, Friday okay.
1: Night. Look, Friday. I could you know my daughter had the flu. I could I could have something. i am not <laughs> i not tried to jinx you. <laughs> All I'm saying is that you should get your you know find out how you do the uh, the, the type or text to voice on your computer just in
0: case. Well hopefully we won't have to take it to those measures. So uh again, I'm no Wideman, I'm no Foley. Uh I'm 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 just a guy. We'll we'll try to we'll try we'll try to describe what we see and I'm sure Patrick will uh will carry the show. You, that's that's who everyone will be be tuned in to watch anyway, especially for the on camera portions of, of things here. So uh looking forward to that and uh yeah, we're almost to the finish line. We might be able to break through that healthy for the first time and not have to uh, suck down cough drops in hot lemon water and <laughs> whatever else I need to do that I tried last year, which which didn't work. And then I went straight to a Blackhawks pre- and post-game on radio right after that. Oh that was fun. So I think we're, rather than do another, come back and do another one on Sunday night after this uh, two-game set against Colorado, the Hawks then go on the road, Arizona- San Jose, Los Angeles, back home on April Fool's night uh, against Winnipeg on April 1st. We'll try and get you another podcast at that point and uh, maybe have a a review, a recollection of uh, how the high school state hockey championship call went. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot more in between to talk about between uh, between now and then. Anything you're working on uh, that... uh any any celebs you've been in touch with lately, or just uh, just daddy daycare?
1: No, daddy daycare slash nurse slash doctor slash nurse. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll, I'm going to do. Um you know, whenever, if they get in the playoffs or uh, if, if, we're, if we're done shortly here, I'll have some more entertainment stuff kind of after the season concludes. Nothing on books yet, but uh, check out The Gamer from Thursday night on NHL.com or my Twitter at Scott King Media.
0: And uh, I did text you on Tuesday, though, in checking to see how your daughter was doing, also to inform you that you did not miss anything. It was good you didn 't miss anything spectacular in the second period of food spread on Monday night it was It was roast beef sandwiches, it was some nachos and chili, all messy finger stuff, but um, um, you know it, it was it wasn 't any of the the rare high echelon stuff good yeah. but because uh, I, I know you were worried about that too. It was a concern on your
1: part yeah, I was telling my daughter like you understand that I usually get my free meal. So to be here with you, she's
0: feeling terrible, and you're
1: look. And I was as she's vomiting. I'm describing all the food in the press box. No, uh, look, th- you know that meal. I I I would have enjoyed it. That's the, that's the, the the press box staple. the staples of the press box. It's meals. hardy and it's messy. It's the uh, to use a food analogy, the meat and potatoes of the press box meals. But no, t- uh, tonight was actually perfect. I didn 't see a whole
0: lot. I w- went up in a, in a daze, yeah, you were working. I looked over yeah. there in our second time out in the intermission, and you were still slamming away on your keyboard here's what happened miss Monday's game.
1: Um, everyone on NHL is very nice. Uh, Tracy Myers helped me. The desk helped me with the uh, game story, and Tracy got quotes for it, so I appreciate everybody and you know what I think we come back and, and do a good job because everyone had my back, uh, right? Have a good game story going you know only uh, only two goals at that time. Uh, computer just turns off. <laughs> Turns <laughs> off. Uh, go to restart it. Still having a little trouble with it working. Restart it again. Comes back on. Uh, tells me I need a password for this. Need a password for that. Uh, Can't remember any. Somehow, somehow get around it. And uh, it, it, this happened during the entire second period. Thank God, nothing happened. That's so when I went up and I saw. You know what? I'm starving. I uh, I'm just gonna grab two hot dogs real quick. I hope Chris doesn't see me. I'm gonna absolutely. Destroy these, and uh, you were actually eating too when I when I looked up. You had yeah, some, you, some mac once, and once cheese.
0: Once I'm off the air, I just grab a little something, some mac and cheese, and, and you some put some broccoli. in your
1: suit coat pocket,
0: right, to take home. Right. In, in our in our new lunch boxes, that was the the giveaway. Not bad. Yes. All right. Let's uh, stop rambling about not hot. I survived. Yes, okay. you did. Yes, and the, and the game story. The game story was filed. Yes. Thanks to Joe Romano for uh, putting this all together. As he always does, great job, by Joe. We want to thank you for listening. As always. Uh, read the chelsea blogger on wgnradio.com also on the blackhawks crazy facebook page that's facebook.com backslash blackhawks crazy you can follow scott and i on twitter i'm at at bowden scott's at at scott king media and again until we encourage you by the way to also uh, subscribe if you haven't already that way the podcast is waiting for you whenever it's posted by our dear joe uh so uh we encourage you to subscribe leave a Uh, message or review as well. So, for Scott King, I'm Chris Bowden. Thanks for joining us. Let's see if the Blackhawks can get back on a run here, continue to make things interesting in the wild card chase. We'll talk to you again probably on April 2nd after that April 1st game against the Winnipeg Jets back here at the United Center. Have a good weekend, everyone.